0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast right here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's podcast platform. And we have a ton to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Steelers' cuts that were made Tuesday. We're going to to talk about the upcoming game against the Carolina Panthers a little bit. We're also going to say screw the Panthers. And let's talk about the upcoming expectations for the regular season. And it's Wednesday, which means it's my mailbag time. I think last year I did a whole mailbag song. Mailbag, I got my mailbag now. That's right, it's Mailbag Wednesday. My Ride or Die crew didn't disappoint as they never do. And they provided a ton of questions for me to answer. And so I will be doing those right here in the second half of this show so make sure you stay tuned don't leave early you don't want to miss any of it something else you don't want to miss behind the steelcurtain.com it should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers we have everything film room commentary latest and breaking news you name it about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we have it on that website. It's, it's updated multiple times a day, so it's not one of those websites where I check it in the morning with my morning coffee, and then that's it. If you don't check it again until the next day, you're missing a lot of stuff. So make sure, in my opinion, you check it morning midday, and in the afternoon and evening so that you do not miss a thing. And speaking of not missing a thing, make sure you check out and follow our podcast platform. I know that a lot of people listen on YouTube and Facebook for our afternoon PM shows. We're talking about the Steelers Hangover, the Scobro show, um, Know Your Enemy, the which is also the curtain call in the offseason, the Steelers Preview, Friday Night with Tony, Touchdown Unders, Tales from 2 a.m., all those shows. Also, make sure you are listening on our podcast platform wherever you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. And that's so that you can get all of these shows like my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride, Tuesday's Live Mike with Michael Beck, Thursday's The Stat Geek with Dave Scoffin, all these new noon shows. Like It's it's incredible. Jeffrey Benedict's Cutting Room Floor. I got to be honest. I was kind of hesitant when that, this topic and this idea was brought up. Doing like a film room type podcast with no visual. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how in the heck is this going to be successful? How is this going to work? Uh, You're not going to get to see anything. Jeffrey hits it out of the ballpark. I'm not joking with you. I wouldn't mess around with this stuff. It is very well done. Make sure you check that out. Also, The War Room with Maddie Pevel. Listen to last week's episode just top notch and if, if even if you just listen for the Australian accent really really good stuff and you have things like what Yin's talking about we have the the Steelers uh, the fantasy football fix with Jeremy Betts and then also the Ohio ones with the Steelers power half hour all that wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or behind the steel curtain so that you do not miss a thing all right so I feel like it's probably appropriate to talk first to start this show not about the headline. I was going to, but I I was like, nah. then the Steelers made Tuesday interesting. No one, myself included, thought that Tuesday's roster cuts from 85 to 80 was going to be anything to write home about. Last Tuesday, that was really kind of like, oh, 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 these guys are cut. Okay, that makes, we expected that. So I have everything ready. We've got the pre-write done. Uh, We're ready to go. We, We at Behind the Steel Curtain, we're ready for this news, and then... They surprised us, and they being the Pittsburgh Steelers. They released the following players, linebacker Calvin Bundage, okay, offensive lineman Avion Collins, fine, running back Pete Guerrero, sure, don't know anything about Pete Guerrero, and wide receiver Tyler Simmons. I think Tyler Simmons was that Georgia, former Georgia wide receiver that basically made the team at the pro day. And he was actually a draft he could have played in the NFL last season. But due to COVID and all that stuff, he wasn't able to. So he gets released. No surprises. Then I'm looking at the list that is released by the public relations department on Twitter. And there's only four names. I'm like, wait, they have to release five players. Where's the fifth? God, but my eyes scroll down a little bit. And all I see is the Steelers also waived injured safety Antoine Brooks Jr. And I am sitting there thinking, you have got to be kidding me. This has a ripple effect here, folks. I really do believe this, and there's a lot of people out there on social media right now that are kind of downplay this. They're saying it's not a big deal. Let me give an example. Brooke Pryor, VSPN, says this, quote, With Brooks wave slash injured slot corner competition would appear to be between Cam Sutton and Arthur Millette, who hurt his ankle against Detroit, If I were a betting person, I'd say Sutton will be outside corner kicking inside the slot when needed and bringing in James Pierre. Okay, that's all well and good, but I got to be honest, if I'm a betting person, I'm not agreeing with Brooke Pryor. No way, shape, or form. And the reason being is that I honestly don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to just go with what they have. I think they looked at Antoine Brooks Jr. and said this was a guy that we were hoping could fill the void of where Mike Hilton was in the past, and he's hurt, and the injury is not getting better, and we can't sit around and wait, and so we have to prepare ourselves. So they're going to do him a solid by releasing him early. Maybe a team picks him up, maybe a team waits, I don't know, but a lot of times when you see Notable names. I'm not saying that Antoine Brooks Jr. is a notable name. He is amongst the Steelers faithful, but not necessarily in the NFL circle. When you release a guy like that that's a drafted player, second year, had high expectations placed on him, a lot of times it's like, hey, we're going to do you a solid here and let you go. Maybe a team will pick you up. Hopefully, if not, maybe we'll circle back. So the Steelers now make this move. And everyone just thinks it's going to be an in-house thing. Yes, they've been working Cam Sutton in the slot, but maybe they're looking at the situation and saying, that's not what we want. We can't have that. I personally, if I were betting, as Brooke Pryor said, if I was a betting person, I would suggest that the Steelers are looking for a cornerback that is going to be released from a team. Not now. I don't think it's going to be now. I would be shocked if they pick someone up off waivers. I think it would be when the roster gets trimmed from 80 to 53. And that's supposed to happen by next Tuesday at 4 p.m. So the Steelers, they could have a, a cornerback or a couple cornerbacks in mind that they like on teams that are loaded at the position, that have excess players at the position, and say, let's just wait and see. Let's just wait and see. Now, that doesn't mean that they just throw caution into the wind but at the same time this now puts the Steelers in a very precarious situation at slot cornerback I did a radio spot today with this uh it was a show in Las Vegas and it was kind of about betting and they were just doing a upcoming season preview and I was the guy they wanted on to talk about the Steelers and they were asking about my biggest concern for the Steelers moving into the 2021 season and I said for the defense it has to be cornerback who is going to be opposite Joe Hayden and we still don't have that answer We're preparing, the Steelers are preparing, fans are preparing for the Carolina Panthers Friday night, and we still don't have that answer. Because let's be honest, Cam Sutton hasn't really lit the world on fire as an outside cornerback in the preseason. They might see something we don't. In other words, at practice, he might be showing out and being everything that they expect him to be. But I got to be honest, it's concerning. There's not many holes on that defense, but that is one of them. And it's a ripple effect. If you have to move Cam Sutton in, that means you have to put someone else outside. Is it Justin Lane? He's getting better. I don't think he's there yet. Is it James Pierre? Really, really inexperienced player. Is Arthur Millette ready for the slot? I don't know. I don't know. And that's a problem. When you don't know, that's a problem. But you know what? Let's get to the headline. Let's get to the topic, the, the meat and potatoes of this podcast. And that is this Friday night, the Pittsburgh Steelers will travel to Charlotte, North Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers as they always seem to do uh, to, in the preseason finale. It's almost like uh, there's certain certainties in life. You know, death, taxes, and the Steelers playing the Panthers in the preseason finale every year. But you know what? The title of this podcast is Forget the Panthers. Forget the Panthers. Forget the preseason. What are we going to talk about the preseason? I mean, yeah, there's some questions. I already looked in the mailbag a little bit. Some people had some questions about the game Friday night. I know I answered those in the second half. But when you think about the this last game, I, I just there's nothing really for me to glean from this. I got everything I needed last Saturday night. And I've re-watched the game. It's given me a chance to digest everything. And I was really pleased with the Steelers when I went back and watched it again. And if this is something you've never done, a game like Saturday night was the perfect game. Just record it on the NFL Network. If you see it on replay, record it. You don't have to buy Game Pass or anything like that. And then the next time you have a few minutes, just watch a little bit at a time. That's what I do. I have five kids. I don't have a lot of time to just sit down and watch TV. I literally turn If the TV's on, before I turn it off, I'll turn on the game, watch a few plays, watch a series, a drive, and then I turn it off. And it's just a way for you to watch something different. I know Dave Schofield, he talks all the time about how he'll go back and watch a play twice, especially in the preseason, And the second time, he only watches the offensive line. And I started to do that too. And you learn more about it. You see more things. You don't just watch the ball. I remember my friend, and he was the friend, I've talked about him on this show before, who passed away from ALS about five years ago. Going on six years, coming up. That's incredible when I think about it. And he was just a very novice football fan. And I'm not an expert in any stretch of the imagination when it comes to the game, the way it's played. But he was what we call a football watcher. He only followed the football. So we would be watching the game, and let's say the Steelers are on defense, and he would watch the opposing quarterback or the running back, whoever has the ball, and that's it. Meanwhile, I'm watching James Harrison get held off the edge. And I'm like, oh, that's a holding call. And he's like, how did you know that? Try watching these games back, though. You'll see a lot more than you think. You'll learn more. But the Steelers showed me everything that I need to see last Saturday night. What more could you want from Ben Roethlisberger? And this is an article that Dave wrote for the website, and I agree 100% with him. He said, after Saturday night, Detroit Lions game, the Steelers win 26-20. to Everyone wants to talk about the backup quarterback position. Really? Why? The starting quarterback just went out, played three drives. Two of those were scoring drives. Touchdown passes to Pat Fryermuth. Isn't that what we should be talking about? Isn't that what we should be saying Wow. Instead, everyone's pointing at Mason Rudolph didn't score a touchdown. Dwayne Haskins didn't look that good. Mason Rudolph should have had an interception. Who cares? That's what we're talking about. That's what I want to talk about today. Screw the Panthers. So yes, Dwayne Haskins is going to play. Yes, so is Mason Rudolph. Yes, so is Joshua Dobbs. I don't care anymore. At this point in time, my mindset is now on to the regular season. And I'm sure that the, NF, the, the team, the Steelers, are doing the same exact thing. I'm sure that Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Canada, Adrian Clem, and any other coach like Coach Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, are probably already starting to sit and watch film with the Buffalo Bills defense, getting a plan together, thinking about how they want to attack them. And that's what I think the fan base should do, too. Mike Tomlin has often said that this preseason finale game is really a a good chance for young players to get tape out there. And yes, some players have made the team from this fourth regular season game, preseason game, I'm sorry, fourth preseason game. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, this game is not important. Ultimately, this game is not significant. And if I'm Mike Tomlin, which by the way, at the moment, this has been recorded, he has not said whether the starters are going to play or not. And I hope none of them play. And I know I talked about how Ben Roethlisberger, I would play him. I've thought about it a lot since then. If I were going to play anyone this upcoming game, I would play the offensive line. That includes all of them. Okorafor, Dotson, Green, Turner, and Banner. The the main reason being that they just need repetitions together. I would probably play a lot of my running back depth. Let's say Benny Snell is actually healthy enough to play because he did not even dress versus the Lions last week. If Benny Snell's healthy enough, I'm getting him in the game, and I'm actually seeing what he can do as a player. Give him a ton of reps. I Maybe rest Najee Harris. May, why? Like This is the point where it's okay. Yes, it's a long layoff. Yes, I understand that, but I saw enough last week From certain players, I don't need to see him again. I don't need to see Cam Hayward again. I don't need to see Minka Fitzpatrick again. I don't need to see Joe Hayden again. I just don't. I just don't. So I know that maybe I'm taking a 180 here, and now I'm going to the other side of the coin. But ultimately, I saw everything that I needed to see from the Pittsburgh Steelers starters last Saturday night. Screw the Panthers. Forget the Panthers. That's what we're talking about here. Maybe now is when the focus should go to the regular season, and that's not to diminish these young players that are trying to make the team, but we're talking about players that are either going to be on the 16-man practice squad, or we're talking about players that are literally just going to be fringe players who most of the time are inactive. I know that we love to talk about those camp battles. We love to talk about all of that stuff, but when it comes down to brass tacks, what are we talking about? What what we're talking about, all we're talking about, are those few spots on the 53-man roster that aren't filled yet. And so I'll watch, I have to watch, but I'll watch for that reason. But ultimately, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, when it comes to where they're going, the expectations, well, that's a different story altogether. And I want to start with that before I get to the mailbag right after this break. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host Jeff Hartman here, and I teased this at the beginning or at the end of the last segment, and that is talking about expectations, and I was just glancing through the mailbag, and I found this question from David Testis, longtime listener, part of the Ride or Die crew. He said, how realistic do you think it is for the Steelers to make a playoff run? this season, and possibly win the North. This is what I was talking about to finish that first segment. I'm t- I was talking about expectations. Like, what are the expectations now? And I know that on Monday, I talked about have the expectations changed for the Steelers entering 21, 2021 after the game Saturday night. And I said that really the expectations hadn't changed too much for me, and I stand by that, but I stand by the fact that I think they are du- they are a double-digit win team. The person that I talked to on the phone today in the radio interview, and we'll hopefully have that interview on our podcast platform soon, that you can listen to yourself, he said he does not see them as even a nine-win team based on the fact that he he thinks their offensive line is going to be atrocious and that Ben, being 39 years old, isn't going to be able to elude pressure like he used to and all those other excuses and reasons. So for me... And it's funny because Justin Mitchell, another member of our ride and die group, responded to David and said, I think you're asking the wrong guy, LOL, meaning me. I said, he probably has them going 13 and four. And I responded with actually 17 and 0. So I think that it is okay to have loftier expectations at this point in time. You've seen it from the national media, and it's just because some people need to see it. Some people need to see it. It's like they have this need that I just, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I need to see it. I need to see it. almost like something you can touch. Now, granted, you can't, but ultimately, you want to be able to just tangibly see the improvement. I saw it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you watched the game and had a different quote-unquote lens over your eyes than I did. I saw tangible evidence, and I don't want to hear about Detroit. And everyone says, oh, Detroit stinks. What did I say before that game? I said, if this team stinks, Detroit Lions, or if they're only playing their backups, I want to see the Pittsburgh Steelers go out there and treat them like they're playing against backups. Because if you're the freaking Pittsburgh Steelers and you're going against a bum Detroit team and a bunch of bum backups, then make them look like a bunch of bum backups. And I honest to goodness think that's exactly what the Steelers did. So there's nothing more I would ask from that. There's nothing more. Their expectations for me now are elevated a little bit. Uh, double digits, yes, still stand behind that. But I also think that the Pittsburgh Steelers and their fan base, it's okay to ratchet up the expectations a little bit heading into the preseason or the regular season. Goodness gracious, I'm all out of sorts. All right, let's get right to the questions. Let's open up the mailbag. Brian Haynes says Will Big Dan Moore make the 53 and will he start before the end of the season, not including injuries? Hashtag RiderDieCrew. Thank you, Brian, for the question. Dan Moore, I think, is definitely going to make the 53-man roster. The question of whether he'll start, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is based on one thing. If the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2020 saw such good play from Kevin Dotson, and when it mattered the most, they went with a an injured, I still think he wasn't fully healthy, an injured Matt Filer, over Kevin Dotson tells me how they view putting rookies out there in big spots too early. With that being said, I think that if someone like Joe Haig makes the team, they would be more inclined to play him than Big Dan. I think Big Dan's going to be great. I think Big Dan has a great future ahead of him, but I just don't see him starting by the end of the season, but I do think he makes the 53-man roster. Zib says, do you think the starting offensive line will play this Friday? What about Pierce or... It said said Brooks, but Brooks was released. So what about Pierre? I'm sorry, Pierre. Uh, I feel like those are the only starters that could benefit from the extra reps. Well, I said this earlier, Zibs, that in my opinion, I think the offensive line should play a little bit, even if it's just the 12 snaps that Zach Banner played on Saturday night, just to get out there, see different competition, and get comfortable again together. On the defensive side of the ball, I want to see Joe Shobert. I want to see Devin Bush a little bit. I still want to see Alex Highsmith. Um, I want to see more of Quincy Rochet. people like that. Yes, uh, James Pierre, you want to see him out there. Arthur Millette. hopefully he's healthy. Uh, Mike Tomlin labeled his ankle injury as day-to-day, so we'll see. But I wouldn't put a lot of players out there too much. Brian Haynes says, if you're Kevin Colbert, are you trying to pay TJ Watt and Menka this year or just TJ? Hashtag ride or die so For me, it's just TJ this year. You already have Minka Fitzpatrick locked up with his fifth-year option. Let it ride out. See how much you owe TJ. See if Ben Roethlisberger comes back or not. See if some of these other players stay, and then you address Minka Fitzpatrick after that. sportsbot said, Based on how the preseason has gone so far, what's the biggest area of improvement needed before week one? Hashtag Thank you, die crew. Thank you, Pitt um, The biggest need of improvement for me before week one It has to be in the run game. I think they just need to be more consistent. I I don't want to put so much emphasis on the preseason. It's been so vanilla. Mike Tomlin said their defensive play card is on an index card, and I believe it. And I guarantee you that Mike uh, Matt Canada has not really done anything out of the ordinary. For instance, um, if you haven't checked this out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Our own Kevin Smith, or Cliff Harris is still a punk, as he calls himself on the the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com webpage, did a great, a really good film breakdown of Matt Canada's first game with Ben Roethlisberger at center. He detailed and outlined every single play, what play was run, how did it go, what personnel, and just listen to this. So 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, they ran 11 personnel every single play but one. And they ran 12 personnel in that one play. I don't think that's what Matt Canada is going to do. It's just what they did in that game. They're trying to keep it vanilla. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But that's just me. That is just me. So I don't want to put too much stock into the preseason. I know I kind of danced around the question, but that's how I feel. Justin Mitchell says, with how good Dan Moore Jr. has played this camp in preseason, is there any way he replaces Chukes if he starts to struggle early in the season? If Chukes struggles... It depends on who they keep. If they keep someone like Joe Haig, like I said earlier, I feel like Joe Haig would get the first nod before Dan Moore, just based on how Mike Tomlin likes to deploy rookies. That's it. Daniel, uh, let's see. Here. I can't pronounce your last name, Daniel. I apologize. He said, do you think TJ Watts' new contract is done before the season starts? Cheers, sir, Mexico. Hashtag writer, Thank you, Daniel. So I think the TJ Watts contract will get done before the season starts. I just feel that the Steelers and TJ Watt, I'm sure Watt is probably saying, look, we can take our time here. I don't want to play in the preseason anyways. I don't want the risk of injury. So I think that the time to get the deal done, and this is something that Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette did allude to, that the Steelers and Watt will get a deal done after the Carolina Panthers game. So when I think about it in that regard, I think, okay, that's that two-week stint where they can really – Okay, now you're in crunch time. You're getting ready for the regular season. But keep in mind, keep this in mind, folks. TJ Watt hasn't missed anything. TJ Watt is not pulling a Le'Veon Bell where he is not showing up. This is not a situation where I remember when Le'Veon Bell and when he was franchise tagged the first time, he had that meeting, and they they showed him walking into the facility. He hadn't been there. His agent was with him, and they had video like from the other side of the street of Bell walking into the the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. And this is not that situation. Watt hasn't missed a practice. He's been there every single day. The Steelers should honor that. I feel like they will honor that, and I think that he will be. Not only the highest-paid stealer, but he will be the highest-paid defender in the National Football League once this deal is done. And there's people that hate it. There's people that say that's disgusting that for anyone to make that kind of money. Well, look, I have no problem with these players making that kind of money. It's just like for me as a writer or a podcaster. If someone said, hey, we want to pay you X number of dollars to do what you do, will you take it? Not, no, I'm going to turn it down. Yes, I'm going to take it. Like, Of course. Don't be crazy. Like, Good for him. Why can't we have that approach? Good for him. And then let's let me say something else. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but I will. TJ Watt, you have to ask yourself this one question. And how you answer this question is should dictate what you are comfortable with him getting paid. Now you're not writing the checks. You should be comfortable with anything, but I understand as a fan you want to look out for things like salary cap space and stuff like that. When you so here's the question you have to answer. Is T.J. Watt, in your opinion, a generational talent? I'll say it again. In your opinion, is T.J. Watt a generational talent? Now, you might sit there and say, well, Jeff, it depends on what you view as a generational talent. Well, let me explain what I view as a generational talent. It is someone that for some reason is a -a once-in-a-lifetime type player. There might be other people that are similar, but no one quite like them. Perfect example, Troy Polamalu was a generational talent. There were others, Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed. We know of the other safeties that were popular when Troy Polamalu was on the field and playing for the Steelers, but there was none like him. They were similar, but there were none like him. He was a generational talent. And in my opinion, if you answered yes, that TJ Watt is a generational talent, then there is no way you ever let him leave this city unless it's years down the road and he is no longer effective. You don't let generational talents walk out the door. You give them what they want so that they stay in town. They did it with Ben Roethlisberger. They did it with Troy Polamalu, and they've done it with a number of other players. So if you answered yes that TJ Watt is a generational talent, then you should be 100% okay with whatever deal he gets whenever he gets it. That's just my opinion, but I stand by it. All right, let's go to Cy Hip Hop. He says, how do you think the new look O-line will perform this season rushing and pass blocking? This new look offensive line, and I did say that I had that radio spot today. It's up in the air. No one truly knows what to expect from this offensive line. I think they're going to be better in the run game. I don't think it's going to be a huge drop off in the passing game. There are certain defenses that give me a little bit of pause when it comes to pass blocking, and it all starts with Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green, although he's young, he's athletic. So far it seems like he has struggled at times with getting bull rushed. It's not an easy play to make as a center where you snap the ball and you've got to get your hands up and you've got to get underneath your opponent and stand them up. When you have someone like Brandon Williams or Clayus Campbell from Baltimore that's right over top of you, that's a tough play to make. And so I feel like there's going to be more issues in pass blocking than there were last season. But let's also not forget that last season was when Ben Roethlisberger was slinging the ball at 2.2 seconds, and a part of me now in hindsight looks and says, maybe that was based on the fact that the steelers could not protect him for a 4 or 5 six step, 6 step drop back they couldn't do it and it makes me feel like last season's offensive line the passing numbers the in terms of sacks allowed was nothing but a mirage it was nothing but smoke and mirrors and so we'll see i wish Cy hip hop that i had some type of more tangible answer for you but I don't think anyone knows. I do think they're going to be better in rushing, and I do think they might struggle in pass blocking, but I do think they'll be okay. I really, really do. Okay, last question here in the mailbag. Rob Davis asks, do you think the cornerbacks are good enough to compete? Well, one side is fine, and that would be none other than Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden, in my opinion, is still a really, really good cornerback. Now, is he... What he was 10 years ago, no. Is he what he was five years ago? Joe Hayden himself. Joe Hayden himself said he thinks that he's every bit as fast as he was five years ago, and now he has that veteran mind, that veteran presence. I'm not worried about Joe Hayden. I'm I'm worried about him staying healthy, but I'm not worried about Joe Hayden. Who's opposite of Joe Hayden? I mean, James Pierre, is he the guy? Or is Cam Sutton the guy? Or are the Steelers going to be running this gambit of rotating defensive backs what's this going to look like this is the one position in my opinion other than say the punter battle which i don't even think that's a competition anymore but still it's the one position where i don't think anyone knows we know the projected offensive line now we don't know how they're going to do but we know who they are we know the wide receivers the quarterbacks we know the safeties even linebackers defensive front Cornerback, no clue. No clue. Especially with our Antonio Antoine Antonio. Antoine Brooks getting released. Waived injured. No clue. Not one. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I do think that if they can find a either a player, whether that is a James Pierre or whether that's someone else, I do feel like if they can find that player that can go opposite of Joe Hayden and even. Even if they have to have some situational changes, I think they'll be okay. That defense is good enough. They're going to get pressure on the quarterback, but that's going to be tough. It's the only question mark that I have on this team, really, is uh, from a personnel standpoint, is a cornerback. All right, so I know there's a lot of stuff to cover. I know I had to do that breaking news at the beginning talking about the five players released, uh, and I, that carried some of the conversation. Look, I'll be back on Friday, and I'll be talking more about this Panthers game. Hopefully, we as fans will know something about who's playing, who's not. I'll do my segment with Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark. Mr. Michael Beck will be joining me, and uh, you know we'll be getting you ready for the weekend. So in, in the meantime, have a happy hump day. Hump day! And I will be back on Friday to talk all things Steelers with you, my ride-or-die crew. Thanks for the questions. For all you that contribute, you can follow me on Twitter, at J H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. Make sure steelcurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe and follow. Do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, folks, that does it for me, Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor, BTSC. Have a great day. I'll see you on Friday. And as we always finish it out here, be safe, be kind, and God bless those Steelers.